You're listening to another life-transforming message from C3 Church San Diego. For more information on our church, go to c3sandiego.com. All right, welcome to C3 San Diego's Leadership Podcast. We are live Periscope. As well, this is our September edition of our Leadership Podcast, and I am here with the panel in flannel this Come morning. <laughs> I'm here this morning with Pastor, Pastor Becky, Pastor Woo! Leanne, and Pastor Loren, Yay. and uh, we are excited for this month's Leadership Podcast. And uh, so, how are you ladies doing? How's everything going? Great. Yeah, I for feel me. good. I feel good in, in, in plaid. Plaid. Flannel. And, yes. <laughs> Okay. In plan. That's fa- that's fantastic. And Becky's doing good also. Yes, I am. Becky's doing good. I'm excited. Okay, before we get in before we get into the podcast, before we get into the questions that by the way, they have no idea what they are. Uh, I want Pastor Land, maybe you could just tell all of our listeners out there and our viewers out there about Cherish Conference coming up yes. very shortly oh and why gosh. they need to come. So, not this weekend, but next weekend. We kick off actually on Wednesday night with a leadership dinner for all the C3 pastors and friends with Pastor Chris Pringle. So that's going to be incredible. I'm going to be interviewing her actually. We're going to be asking her, how do you sustain in, you know, after 40 years of ministry, marriage, family, planting hundreds of churches around the world, you know, just to really glean from her wisdom and her expertise. And we'll have so much fun together. So that's what's happening on the Wednesday night. And then Thursday night, we officially kick off Cherish Conference. We're already three quarters full, just so you know. And we typically get the most of our registrations in the last week of confer- before conference. So if you haven't registered and you're out there in... Uh, Periscope world, you need to do that as soon as, as possible. So we've got Pastor Chris Pringle, we've got Lisa Bevere coming back, who is always amazingly insightful and hilarious. We have Holly Wagner for the first time coming to share with us. Um, we've also got the celebrity makeup artist, beautiful Pastor Christina Ordaz, all the way from Tijuana, coming to share for half an hour in one of our pre-show, pre-show services. Uh, on just all the do's and don'ts of makeup application, Yay. which is so important, yeah, I think, for women. That yeah. seriously. So it, there's just going to be so many little surprises. Chick Fil A is getting in on the party. Chick Fil A, Christian Chicken Christian is chicken. turning up on the Saturday to give one of their delicious burgers to every woman. So it's going to yes. be fantastic on every level. That's yeah, great. So. so make sure you register today. Don't wait. It will be sold out. And uh, it's worth the flight. It's worth the drive. It's worth all of that. So register today. Awesome. Well, we're going to get into this now this morning. And I have a list of questions, and I'm going to direct them. But what we'll do is we'll have each of you answer the question as well. So the first question I'm going to start with is with Pastor Becky. And this is Thanks, the David. question. What is the most important lesson you have learned this year? What's the most important lesson you have learned this year? This year. One thing? Yes. One lesson. (laughs) I would say that even people, I think, are born, like, a little bit have a natural tendency towards leadership. But I think... 
we would be mistaken if we would assume that people would just naturally develop as leaders and, and just without intention. I think we have to be very, very intentional in developing our leadership skills. And I really became aware of that. I started reading um, a couple different leadership books and realizing, while you know, we are leaders, I'm realizing I have so much growth to do. And I, was, I realized that I haven't been intentional enough in developing other leaders. So it's a very deliberate, intentional thing if you really want to get to be the type of leader that God has called us all to be. Great. Pastor Loren. Um, well, I was thinking, at the beginning of the year, we always do like our yearly goals. <laughs> Pastor Emma, we, we do this together. And my word of the year was actually relationship. And I feel like that's that's what God has really taught me this year is growing in relationships, having people see my faults and weaknesses and uh, being willing to step out and, and be courageous in front of people, you know, like the whole thing. So relationships, spending time with the, um, those leaders that you're raising up, spending the most time with those people, and just building in relationships. Awesome. Pastor Leanne. I would have to say, that, that's a really good question, actually, and, and there, are, there are probably, I would have liked more time to actually think about the answer. Can I just say, I think the boys get their questions in advance. Yeah. No way. You know we're what? just we're really pioneers. good at answering. We're hey, pioneers. but we can take it. I we can, can take it. We can't this. help it. The Holy Spirit speaks to but, us faster. But let's, just well, saying. let's go with this. <laughs> just saying. <laughs> I think there's a proverb about what you just said. Um, but I would have to say that the stretch never goes away. Like it doesn't matter what season of life you're in, how long you've been in ministry, how long you've been a Christian how many victories you've had, you will always feel the stretch. When I think about the things that stretched me when I was a 17-year-old going into ministry for the first time, I'm like, oh, dear God, I was such a weakling, and I was crying about that. And now I've got a million different things on my plate, and, you know, I would pray for the day when my life looked like when I was 17. Um, but God has so stretched my capacity over over 23 years that I'm a different person but I know looking 23 years ahead I will be a different person again if I allow myself to stay on God's stretching machine and I find that God stretches us and he we he doesn't break us but he will always be very gradually kind of pulling us to be more think bigger have our minds enlarged has have our capacity enlarged have our faith enlarged uh, God is always pushing us forward, I find. And so resistance is futile unless you want to be a has-been. Um, I think wow. if, if you want to be moving forward and taking ground for God and continually progressing, because the way I see it is I, I don't want to ever be yesterday's news. Not, not in the sense of fame, but I don't ever want to settle and go, well, those, those days are gone and my... my my golden years or whatever i want to i want to be more vibrant more alive with the spirit of god walking in greater dimensions of faith and leadership and wisdom when i'm 100 than i am right now i ne i never want to stop so just understanding the stretch is always there that will never go away if you're where you need to be in god yeah so that's my one lesson thanks for the the heads up and time to think about it appreciate it no problem Next question, I'm going to start with Loren. The question is this. What would you say is the most essential ingredient to building leaders, volunteers, or teams? The, to you, the most essential ingredient 
to building teams, volunteers, and leaders? Well, I'm glad that we'll all have an answer because, I mean, there's a lot of things. But I think uh, when God highlights leaders to me that I want to raise up, I feel like they just always happen to be there. And so, I mean, when I was growing up, I always heard the saying, like, 80% of leadership is just actually showing up and being there. And I would say that's actually true. If I just always see people in the front at worship every single Sunday, they're here, they come up, er they're here early. There are all of our events that we do, they're at our leader nights, they're just there. I think that's the greatest thing, that you're there and you're showing up. And so that's a big key thing to me. You're there, you're present. Very good. Pastor Becky, what would you say is the most essential ingredient? In raising leaders? In, yeah, essential, essential ingredient in raising leaders, volunteers, or building volunteers, teams, leaders, okay. and thing. I get, uh, my train of thought, I get so focused on what someone's saying, I forget the original question. I was a good student in school, though. I did. I had to work, I had to work really hard, though. I didn't, it didn't come natural, people. Well, wasn't that I had to work really hard to get good grades. And I graduated with honors, I'm just saying. But that was in Seaside, Oregon, wasn't it? Stop it. And I went to college. You came from Oregon. You are also from Oregon. <laughs> hey, I played your school in high school. In and the I think worst we school district you, so. in Oregon. <laughs> in our towns of like 2,000 people, that's where we're from. That was the first fart noise ever on a leadership podcast. <laughs> I just want to acknowledge that From moment. a girl. Going down no, in history. Spit. It was a spit. It is a Which, significant whatever. day. No, it's good. I'm high five. <laughs> needed to happen at some point. But before you answer, I'll give you a second. It is, it is so important as leaders to have the perspective of a male and a female. Because as, and I'll be the first person to admit this, that as a male, we, we know some things, but we don't know everything. And so being able to get wisdom from women is so important. Because they will see things differently. We'll have the same thing in front of us, but they will see t a different option or a different way around or a different viewpoint. So uh, it's so important to have women on your leadership teams, to have a women's voice on your team. And um, not just uh, surround yourself with the voice of a male, but surround yourself with the voice of females as well is so important on, on your team. So take it away, Pastor Becky. Um, I, I'll reflect back on it. Uh, Pastor Loren said, just relationships when you're trying to develop people um, to really do life with them. And for me, I think I've seen the two most effective things in helping develop leaders and pouring into leaders' lives is one, bringing encouragement um, and praise. They want to know when they've done things well and they've done things right, or otherwise they, they're just left questioning. It's like we need to encourage and and reassure them that this is, this is good, this is right, you're doing a great job. And then balancing that with um, when we have to bring moments of correction. Because again, how do they know not to do that again if, they didn't, if we didn't tell them in the, in the beginning that it maybe wasn't the best decision or the best way to go about it. So I think to have that balance of bringing praise and encouragement and then bringing correction and critique. And even the correction and critique can come in love, absolutely. I always realize you have to say things how, how I would want to hear it. If someone had to bring a correction to me, how would I want to hear it? And then phrase it like that. Because at the end of the day, um, we teach what we tolerate. And so... I want to make sure as we're developing and raising people, we're teaching them the right thing, how to be a great leader, the do's and don'ts of leadership, and um, just continually having the balance of both of those things to develop people. And let me ask you that on that, on that answer, which is great. Uh, what would you say or, or how would you balance 
praise and correction as far as like how often? Um, is it something every week that you'll bring correction to somebody or do you praise them 10 times and correct them one time? Or what, what's kind of that, the strategy behind that and how often, what's the balance between praise and, and correction when dealing with the leader? Well, I, I think, I, I know there's some statistic out there. You need like 10 positive comments to combat the one negative you got. I think it's something like that. But um, I think you do have to be careful. I had to realize, because I like to jump on everything. Um, I, I see, my eyes see everything, how it could be done better. You know, flaws, I, c I can see how we need to correct that. But I have had to learn, as a leader, you don't need to address every little thing. Um, you don't want to crush people. And so uh, if I, if I'm, when we're training like our service leaders, let's say in the beginning, we let them know that after every time they lead a service or every time they do an offering or every time they do a communion or we call them up to pray, we're going to be sending you an email or we can sit down and chat about how that went. And we talk about the things that went really well and the things maybe to avoid next time. And we just teach around it. And we always balance, you know, in those conversations, the positive and the negative, but they realize we're bringing up those corrective things because we want them to get better. If they know you are for them and you want them to succeed and you want them to be incredible at what they do, they're going to be able to, they receive that correction really well. What I have found is our leaders are hungry for it because they know we're saying this because we love them and we want to develop them and we want them to be the best that they can be. So I think if they know your heart behind it, that really helps. Um, but I've also learned with the little minor things, they don't need to be massive conversations. You don't need to like make a coffee appointment with someone when you need to bring a, like a minor correction. Sometimes it's like, hey, by the way, you know, um, you went a little over this time, you know, when you did the offering, let's make sure to do our best to stay on time. Really quick, right when it happens, because if you set up a coffee for like a week later and then sit down and have this big serious conversation, try to sandwich this minor correction, you make it way bigger than it needs to be. Awesome. Just really quick, the by the ways, or just so you know, that kind of stuff with the little critiques I think work really well so yeah great pastor Leanne the most essential ingredient building teams leaders volunteers what Becky said communication absolutely in in all its forms so whether that be encouragement whether that be a challenge whether that just be feedback if I think of my greatest offenses that I've suffered in life they've been as a result of a lack of communication as opposed to too much communication um, and I think that's what people crave more than anything. I would say my greatest flaw as a leader is the fact that I don't communicate enough. And I think that, that most leaders would say that. I, I need, needed to talk about this, address this, I didn't do it. I needed to encourage that person, I got distracted, I didn't do it. And I think if you look at the reasons why people leave church or get disenfranchised, a lot of it is over a lack of communication. And I would even add to that too, just for everybody who's in a, in a leadership role, don't have conversations about people in a meeting about them and then never do anything with that. I think one of my biggest frustrations when I was serving as part of a team uh, in submission to, to other leadership would be that I was aware conversations were being had about me or, or Jürgen and I or about the, the ministry we led, but that information was never communicated to us. And of course, you know, there's such a massive rumor mill in church too. And so things can get really twisted and then you hear a skerrick of truth 
kind of balled up in a massive exaggeration and that's all you're hearing. And so it just gives the enemy a foothold. So I think if you're having the conversation up here, perfect, those conversations need to be had, but make sure they're being translated down here. So I just think it's, it's a common courtesy. So if we can get really good at communicating with our teams, just as Pastor Becky outlined, I think we do the best we possibly can to avoid uh, confusion and offence. And we build, obviously, that was all in relation to building teams. Right, right. Yes, phenomenal answers. So uh, the, the next question has to do with disappointment. And how do you deal with that personally? Because I think as leaders, we will give people opportunity and we'll give people room to excel and give them things to own. And we'll always deal with with disappointment in in that. Um, People letting us down, but then as well, us letting ourselves down. So how do you deal with that? And I'll start with Pastor Leanne. How do you deal with that personally in your life, disappointment and letdown? I think what I do is I take a little bit of time to process because it's a, it's a horrible feeling. I think worse for me anyway personally than uh, having someone disappoint me is the thought that I've disappointed somebody else. That, that for me, I just want to kill myself for about half a day. Um, and what I will do is I'll talk to somebody about it. So I'll find the right person to have that conversation with. I think when we're disappointed, we need to, we need to communicate to somebody that's mature that can help us, us help us process it correctly, that isn't necessarily just going to go there, 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 but is actually going to say to you, okay, here's the reality. You can't do anything about what happened, but you can change moving forward, and you're going to come through this. Someone who's going to encourage you, give you wise counsel. I think the worst thing we can do when we're disappointed is isolate ourselves because uh, the Bible says a fool isolates themselves and rages against all wise counsel. Yeah, so don't, just be careful who you call when you're disappoint, disappointed. You need to communicate to somebody, but there'll be two options. There'll be the devil's option, who's going to affirm you in your depression and your anxiety and your bad attitude or whatever else. Or then there's the godly option. There's the person that you know is going to lift you up out of the miry clay, set you on your feet and position you to run forward into the future, being able to let go of that disappointment. So find those people. Wise people walk with the wise, but the companion of fools will suffer harm. So I'll call, that may be my mum in some instances. That may be one of my sisters in some instances. That might be Pastor Becky, Pastor Stacy. Really, depending on the situation, I gauge who do I need to talk to to help me get out of where I am and start to see clearly. So we all need to identify those people. Very good. Yeah. I want to quickly say a hi to Pastor Jurgen because he is watching on Periscope right now. Hi, Yergi. Don't crash your bike in Amsterdam. <laughs> We're over here in America Definitely driving don't. cars. Do not die while you're there. Awesome. So, Pastor Lorenz, same question. How do you deal with disappointment and letdown? Yeah, I was thinking, because when you have somebody maybe on your team that disappoints you, you can get, you could take it personally by accident or get offended by it, or vice versa. If I disappoint somebody on my team, they can get offended and and then just run away. (laughs) So, it's almost like, how do you deal with those offenses? And just like what Pastor Leanne was saying, that it's so important to kind of step back from the stressful situation or, you know, that offense 
and uh, go to other people to talk to about it, go to God and, and see what God says about them as opposed to getting like filter, filtering it in your mind and getting some like, what is it, contorted? What, yeah, some yeah, conspiracy theory in your, in your head. And so, um, so I think it, when you step away from it before addressing it with the person first is so huge. And then when you go to the person, you can go in love because you're able to see that person, how God sees them. And so you're able to take that offense away and not take it personally. But you're able to, you know, just be honest with them how, and, it's, and take the personal, take, yeah, don't take it personally. But, yeah. Um, yeah. Awesome. Pastor Becky. Uh, some of it will echo exactly what these two ladies have already said. But for me, I know as a leader, there are some situations you need to deal with on the spot right away. Even And, and my, my struggle, because, I mean, those that know me, I'm quite feisty. Um, probation officer before ministry, sometimes that comes in really handy, and sometimes it's not so good. Uh, but there are some situations I need to deal with right away, like the disappointment or the frustration or the moment. And my battle has been to not rise to that occasion emotionally and let emotion get in the way and, and ask myself what we learned at Catalyst Conference, what would a great leader do? Um, but I, for, for myself, the things that don't have to be dealt with urgently or right away, I have realized I need about a week. And I'm not mulling over it and getting a more angry in my head. I need a week to really process, to make sure that no emotion is involved, that I'm really hearing from God on what I need to deal with and what I need to say. And I really, it's about a week for me to get rid of all the emotion attached to my disappointment or my frustration or my anger towards a situation. And then what Lorenny said, I, I, in that week process, I have to remind myself that they are human just like me. Yeah. And I've actually had to tell myself that person on our team they're a dad. They have kid, they're trying to balance being a husband, a father, an employee, a Christian. You know, just I, I realize all the things they're carrying, and then I just I, my my frustration towards them really just you know I, it kind of just dissipates because I'm realizing oh my gosh, just as they made that bad decision, I'm going to make bad decisions as well, and I want to be able to them to treat me with grace when I do, and vice versa. So, just I think and what Leanne said, if my my advice to people always when they feel upset or disappointed, um, if you don't deal with that, you're going to have a root of bitterness. And that is the worst thing to live with is bitterness in your heart. It is a downward spiral. It will grow and it will take you out. My number one thing is when you have a frustration with someone, I always say if you think you can just deal with this between you and God. Just you and God and get rid of it without having any residue. Like when you hear that person's name, you're not snagged, you're not irritated, like you truly yeah. like love them. Then that is the best case scenario between yeah. you and God. But if when a week goes by, two weeks go by, and you have a little bit of mm, in your spirit towards them when their name comes up or they you know, speak up in a meeting, you're like, eh, yeah, whatever. You know, when you find yourself doing those things, well, you haven't resolved it. And so that is when you need to go before God, and then you need it's to great. have that conversation with them so there is not that bitterness, dissension within those relationships. Love it. Last question is this, and this kind of has to do with ministry with uh, your significant other and spouse. So uh, Pastor Jurgen will always... In, in our church, it, it's never just the man or just the woman. It's always Pastor Loren and Pastor Matt. It's always Pastor Jurgen and Pastor Leanne. It's always Pastor John and Pastor Becky. But in that, you will, we, we will find that uh, one person will have a different opinion about something as, as the other person. And uh, how do you, 
uh, know when to stand your ground and to not back down and to keep fighting for what, what you think is right? And how do you know when to let, um, in this case, your husband or, or say, you know what, uh, I, okay, we're going to go w- with you. I'm going to trust you that you know what you're doing. How, wh- where's that balance? I'm going to start with Pastor Loren in this because she dealt with this yesterday. She dealt with this yesterday. So I'll, I'll want to know. So, so they, they had difference of opinions about something on a college campus. So I want to know how do you resolve it? How do you know when to back down, when not to? And this is real life stuff, people, right here. But, but it's really good because it's really good. It should not just be... It should not be just the husband always mowing down the wife, saying, no, I'm the man, what I say goes. Um, if we do that, as men, we're foolish. We are foolish to not listen to the women in, in our lives. So, um, and I'll be the first to admit that. So, Pastor Loren, how yes. do you... How do you do oh it? Oh my gosh, I'm smiling so much because yesterday we were so passionate over something about getting into colleges and we were just bickering about, oh my gosh. And Pastor David was there, so he saw the whole thing. But, um, oh and my gosh. I refuse to agree with either one. I yeah, left you, the room. you stirred it up a bit too. When you that like happens, said you... something and it got all, yeah, it's, he stirred it up. Anyway, yeah, Matt and I, get, we're both really passionate people. Like, I, like, we have different personalities, but I can get really feisty, like Pastor Becky. Some, like, you know, if I'm really into it, I'll get really feisty. And and he gets really, really, he's great at winning arguments. So we can go toe-to-toe with each other. And so we just need to be mindful <laughs> about, uh, you know, just our passion and being able to bridle, <laughs> bridle that in. But it's okay to be passionate. Like, we have a calling to go reach college students and, and to have an influence. And so it's a good thing that we're passionate about all of that. And we're passionate about the same thing. And so I think realizing that is that, you know, we're not fighting against each other. We're fighting to to go out and uh, we have the same vision ahead for college students and what we're going to do. So we're on each other's side. So I think the biggest thing is when you're in those those arguments or whatever, <laughs> kind of rein it back in and be like, nope, we're in this for, we're doing this together and we're on the same team. And uh, being mindful of um, just also how we treat each other then, because I think the enemy will so love for us to just turn on each other. And um, he tries to do that a lot. I think that's been like our, one of our biggest struggles doing ministry together is that uh, we'll just, you know, we'll try to turn on each other. And really, like, what, what good is that going to do? That's not going to help anybody. So um, we're here in this together, and uh, we're fighting for the same thing. And so it's just knowing that the outcome, it's all about, you know, getting, getting those college students in, and uh, we're fighting for the same thing. But who, sorry, I'm going Who off. won the argument yesterday? I, I did. So, yeah, I did. Woohoo! Girl power, plaid power. I was so pumped, but he gave me a deadline, so I have to have it by a certain time. So anyway, we compromised oh, man. a bit. So good, uh, Pastor Leanne. Same question. Okay, as you know, <laughs> Pastor Egan and I are quite fiery and feisty, and I would say of all the arguments that ever happen in staff meetings, management meetings, most of them are between the two of us. Um, And listen, here's what I wanna say to all the married men. If you want a woman that is passionate in the bedroom, Hello. You've got to be prepared to have one that is passionate in every other area of life because you can't turn passion on and off. 
So I'm like, okay, you really want me meek and mild without an opinion? Right, let's see how that translates to other areas. Come on! Of... I would not manipulate that, that way. Awesome. It's just a thought I once had. Um, and that needs to just settle on you there. You're all dreaming about these women that'll, you know. But what does that look like in every context of life? Can she have a voice? Can she have an opinion? Can she bring some fire in other areas that may not feel as awesome? Okay, so with that being said, at the end of the day, because I am in submission to my husband, I am very grateful that my husband is a man who has a mission. Um, I, I feel for the women who have to serve under leaders, pastors, or, or husbands that are without mission. That's a very hard thing to do because we're called to submit. Submission means come under a mission. So I would say men folk have a mission and you'll find that it's really easy for your fiery, passionate wife to follow you. At the end of the day, my husband has the ultimate responsibility. So therefore he has the ultimate authority. So I will petition as long as it is appropriate. But if he puts his foot down and decides something, wow. at the end of the day, the consequences are on him. They're not as much on me. So, you know, I'll do what I can. Also, there's just, there's wisdom around how to bring things up. I always say to women when they're trying to get their husband to see things certain ways, that they have to be really careful about the context in which they bring those things up. If you bring up an issue in an argument, it's just gonna, it's gonna create fireworks. So, and, and what you're saying, as right as it may be, will be lost in translation. Because it'll be, well, you're just an angry psycho, you know? And just so you know, as I've said for 10 years, every woman is at least 10% psycho. Yeah. Just so you know. Yeah, and every man yeah. is at least 10% rear end. Just so we're, we're clear on that. So those levels may go up, but they will never go down past that 10% level. So you've you got to be prepared for that in the relationship. Okay, he's going to be a bit of a jerk. She's going to be a bit of a psycho. And you just have to navigate those seasons really well. But just making sure what you say as a woman is brought forth in the most viable context. Because... He will put it down to you being hysterical, emotional. It may be the most brilliant idea. That's why those things need to be brought up in a place of harmony, not in a place of tension. Um, but as I said, at the end of the day, God has anointed my husband to lead. He's given him ultimate authority because he has ultimate responsibility. So I will absolutely 100% submit to his leading. But I'm not afraid to, to share my opinion by any means, because if he's going to go down that road, he's going to go down that road knowing exactly how I feel about it. Yeah, That's a better so. answer than mine. I no, submit I to you. I do. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and, and we got it, because there's, there's power in, in unity. And, um, and there's a way to bring things up. I, I know, I'm very aware of the line. My husband, uh, you know, I, I would never disparage, say that is a stupid idea in front of people. I'm always very careful about bringing things up in the appropriate environment as well. Um, and, and I need to be seen as the person who respects, and I do, I have so much respect for my husband. He's a very respectable man. Um, but I need to be the model and the leader of that. So I can't expect, you know, I can't hold this standard to everybody else to treat my husband a certain way if, if I'm not. Wow. Like I need to model that yeah. to our team and staff. So, you know, I will always highly esteem and honor him. 
whenever, you know, the opportunity is there. Yeah. Good. Such a great answer. Really Pastor good. Becky, yep, go for it. Okay, I'll it. try not to echo too much, um, but really almost everything I will say have had something to do with what, what you ladies already said. But I think uh, John and I, um, I think you just have to realize, like what Pastor Loren said, you're on the same team. And, and, and then like Pastor Leanne said, at the end of the day, see, the Bible says to live with your wives with understanding, like to seek to understand your wife. And how can you understand her if you don't ever let her speak or listen to what she has to say? And so I think a wise husband would listen and seek to understand the perspective of his wife. Um, but then, you know, the other side of that, the Bible says, you know, and then they're to love us, but we're to respect our husbands. So I think at the end of the day, after he's heard my pleas and after he's heard my strong opinions and he's heard um, the way I think these things should go, if he still at the end of the day disagrees with me or has a different opinion, that's what, when Pastor Leanne said, you have to learn like where that line is. Like I will, I will push, push, push and say my opinion, but then at the end of the day, I respect my husband. And he has that position in our home that the final, the final word ends with him. And I think the problem where we get into the problems, if we continue to push beyond that point, um, and then you set or, set yourselves against each other and you yeah, forget that you're doing this together. Yeah. Um, yeah. so once that, that final word, and th but then, then we have to deal with, you know, Oh my gosh, you didn't listen to my opinion and they're doing their own thing. And you're, you're like, all right, let's just see how this goes. Here we go. You know, I mean, so we, then we have to deal with all those things that we're like, okay, but then it's not that you have to then realize like you are on the, you, you are still on the same thing. Now you have to actually get over yourself and just support them and encourage them and, and keep walking alongside of them without being bitter or resentful. Um, and I had this thought it, it, in addition. So that, that's conflict between you guys. But I think in leadership, when you're doing ministry, husbands and wives, sometimes your spouse will come home with a bitterness or a frustration or something that happened with another staff employee. And I've just really, I just really feel to add this in. Um, I think it's so important to stay neutral in those situations. When they're describing their frustration, their letdown, their anger towards a decision that was made, or if your spouse comes home hurt from another leader or staff person, it is not good if you go, I can't believe they did that to you. Who do they think they are? And then feeding that fire and that frustration and that bitterness, you're fueling it in them. So I think as spouse, we need to try to stay neutral and just encourage them. I know my husband came home kind of hurt over something a couple weeks ago, and, I, and he was processing it just like I do. It takes me about a week. So he was processing it, and a week later, I just checked in. I checked in. I was like, how are you feeling about that situation? Because I want to make sure you're not still festering it or getting bitter about it. Because I don't want you to like carry frustration towards that person or towards that leader. Because if he does, that will affect our relationship in ministry. He can't have a bitterness or frustration about someone on the team without at some point affecting me as well. Because we are in this together. So don't feed the fire. Don't fuel the fire. Always it. try to be a peacemaker. Yeah. Stay neutral. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's no. wondering who offended us. No, 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 no. It's so good. That was a hypothetical. That was that was phenomenal. Uh, last question. Uh, sorry, and we're we're done. But this one, a uh, bunch of the guys on the front row just texted me this question. I'm trying to figure it out. But the guys, uh, as in our husbands? Yeah, yeah. They they just asked this. Drew, yeah. Drew is smirking. Asked, uh, Should I? What Drew. what's what's the best temperature to cook a uh, ribeye roast? Is 
What the man on the front row just I'll tell texted you. me and I'm just Leanne knows I don't. Yeah, I, I don't, don't do roasts. Either. I just eat Leanne's roasts when she makes them. Uh, was that a? Are you trying to just? Was that like? No, that's not a question. Get you back in the kitchen? I'm. I'm. <laughs> no, no, I'm no. quite comfortable. Listen, I mean, no. In the kitchen. Periscope I think was that's texting. one of the greatest things we can do. Yeah, come on. And okay, 350 degrees. <laughs> you know, it'd be nice. Maybe sear the outside come on. first. Oh. Get it all crispy. Sear the outside. 350, or you can cook it long and slow. It will also taste amazing. Yeah. Love go. it. Let's put our hands together for the panel in flannel. Hey. One more time, we want to uh, encourage you, get to Cherish Conference. I'm sure you're going to hear from all of these ladies out there. And we want to thank all the podcast listeners for tuning in to September's edition of C3 San Diego Leadership Podcast. And uh, we love you. We'll see you at Cherish Conference and for our next leadership podcast. See you next time. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our pastors, team, and what we do at C3 Church San Diego, go to c3sandiego.com.